My title is, Are You in the Father's House? Are you in the Father's House? My text scripture is Luke 15, 11 through 32. 15th chapter of Luke, verses 11 through 32. And it's the story of the two sons. And let's read together, or read, follow along with me as I read. Then he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them. I want you to notice he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living, or wasteful living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring me, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they begin to be merry. Now his oldest son was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked, what are, what these things meant? And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry and would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as the son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, notice, son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead and is alive again and was lost and is found. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for his word. Hallelujah. This is a very familiar story of the two sons that Jesus told us about. Both sons were related to the father. They were his children. And both received their inheritance. They said he gave the inheritance and he divided it then. Now the oldest son in that time of, of the Jewish family, because Jesus referred to 
his, his own family there, his own uh, people he came from. They gave two-thirds to the elder and one-third to the younger. That was the custom of the day. So they both received their inheritance. The younger son left the father's house and went to the world and wasted his inheritance. The eldest son was faithful to his father, but was ignorant of what he had. He didn't take advantage of what he had. The youngest son finds himself in the pig pen feeding the swine. The Bible says that one day he wakes up and comes to his senses. He thought, I would be better off being a servant in my father's house than living amongst these pigs. This son repented and then goes back to his father's house. The father sees him afar off and goes to him and accepts him back into the family, saying, my son was dead and is alive again, and he was lost but now is found. Alive again here means he was once in the family of God. He was once in the family. He was part of the family of God, but he went away. <clears throat> now the elder son, who had been faithful and had never left, and served diligently, his father became angry and jealous over the party his father did for the younger son. He didn't think his brother deserved it because of what he did. He didn't understand the love of God and the forgiveness of God. The father reminded the elder son all that he had was his, but he didn't recognize and value it. How many of us are that way? All that God has, the father has is ours, but we don't recognize it and value it. He didn't take advantage of his place as a son of the father. He was not a servant, but a son, which we know is a big difference. <clears throat> the elder son represents many of the church world. They can have the blessings and abundance of God, but they don't acknowledge it. And if they see someone in the church who, are, who, who is blessed materially and financially, they become jealous and judgmental. Bishop Woody Thomas, my father-in-law, read this portion of scripture in the Bible back in the 1970s, I think it was. He read this portion of the scripture in the Bible one day and the Lord told him that he was the elder son. It changed his life. <clears throat> Sometimes we are serving the concept of Christianity or serving our established churches more than enjoying being a child of the Most High God. We as Christians seem to get caught up with the daily service and forget to spend time sitting down at the Father's table, eating and conversing with Him. Communication is the most part of being a child of God. That's why God created man for family, for communication. Someone just like Him that he could communicate, not a servant, not an angel who's not like him, someone like him. Can you understand that? <clears throat> the eldest son was serving the father through duty only when he could have been enjoying the blessings and authority of the elder son. It is good to be a steward of the kingdom, and we're supposed to be good stewards of the kingdom. Jesus told us to be. But we need to enjoy the provisions an authority of the Father that belongs to us through Jesus Christ. We need to enjoy the provisions he's given us. Don't feel guilty when he blesses you. 
Don't feel guilty because he gave you a new car. Maybe your brother or sister still driving a dilapidated, dilapidated, however you say that word, rundown car. Don't feel guilty. You're the child of God. He wants to bless you. All that God has is for our taking. You hear me? All that God has is for our taking. As Brother Lansman said in the Sunday message here at ALM, ask anything of the Father and he will do, give it to you. Do you believe that? <clears throat> Jesus said it. He said anything. He put the word anything. It's all in the communication, which we call prayer. My father-in-law thought that doing without and just serving God and being faithful to his post as a minister of the gospel was his obligation, responsibility, and calling as a Christian. He didn't realize that the abundance of God's kingdom was his, was his also. These verses of scriptures turned his life around, and he didn't have to be poor anymore. He now became aware that he was believing a lie of the devil, and, and the prosperous scriptures could be his. He then caught hold of the seed time and harvest message, which changed his life, which we enjoy at this church today. <clears throat> today the body of Christ has been guilty of the sin of the prodigal son. They have taken the blessings of God and squandered it for their own gain instead of spreading the gospel and helping the poor and changing their world for Christ. These believers may not have gone as far as the prodigal son in the depths of sin, but they have been caught up in the riches of the kingdom and the pleasures of prosperity. It has been all about me and not Christ Jesus. Ephesians 5.5 5 says that this attitude is covetousness. Covetousness, which is one of the Ten Commandments that we are not to have within us. Thou shalt not covet. The ten, one of the Ten Commandments says. Covetousness is literally to have more. Literally to have more. You don't ever have enough. You want more and more, and you'll do anything to hurt anybody or climb up the ladder just to have more. And Ephesians 5.5 5 says, which is idolatry. He says here that the attitude, this attitude is covetousness, which is idolatry. The word idolatry is an aggravated form of self Love motivated by ego drive. The word idolatry is an aggravated form of self-love motivated by ego drive. It is time for the believers in Christ to come back to their first love. Come back home to the Father's house. Come back to following Jesus and following his ways, not theirs. In the Father's house, we can fulfill the law of Christ, which is our service and calling, and also enjoy the good life that our God has provided for his church. Today, the body of Christ needs a change, a change from the old selfish ways to the new never, ever was that God has for us. Just like the Father prepared a party for his wayward son who came back, he is going to throw a party for his church 
that are in the Father's house. But it's up to us to prepare ourselves for this new thing he has for all born-again believers. We all have been invited, but we can't miss the invitation. To those who have been faithful in their places in the church, but ignorant to what they can have, God will bring revival to them. To those cold Christians who went after riches and self-gratification shall experience a new awakening from their sleep and greedy complacency. To those who have left the church or the Father's house, a repentance shall come upon them. This is what the new thing shall do. In Matthew 22nd chapter, verses 1 through 14, also in Luke, the 14th chapter, 16 through 24, and Revelation 19, verses 7 and 9. The Bible tells us that, this is a that there is a marriage supper being prepared, or you could call it a party, if you please. But only those who have the right garment shall be invited. This last revival, awakening, and repentance is the last call for the church to get ready. If the church won't, God is sending out his servants to gather in all societies, rejected people. That's his angels. You know the servants, are, when Jesus talks about servants, he's talking about the angels. When he talks about the Father and the relationship of their servants, he's talking about the angels. God is sending out his servants to gather in all societies, rejected people that will say yes to the invitation. And when you read these scriptures, you will understand just what I said. Remember, there's going to be a wedding, there was going to be a wedding, and he said, go out and invite them, and they wouldn't come. They all had excuses. Or another place in Luke, he says, there's going to be uh, a supper, and nobody wanted to come, so they said, go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. Then in Revelation, it talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. As sons, daughters, children of God, let's come back to the Father's house where there is peace, love, and joy. Come back where you belong. I'm speaking to people out there, I'm sure, that are listening. They have been listening for a while to me. Why don't you come back where you belong? That's all I'm going to say. Come back where you belong. The new message the church should be preaching is, the Father's throwing a party, and he wants you to be there. That's what we should be preaching. God has a party for all his believers, all his children, and he wants you to be there. In Revelation chapter 22, verse 17 says, <clears throat> in closing, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we're so glad that we can say we're in the Father's house. And we want to have the attitude that you had when the repentant son came home. No matter what he's did, no matter how far away he went away from you, no matter what sin he committed, you are willing to forgive him and take him back into your arms. Thank you for that story, Lord Jesus. 
Thank you for giving us that illustration of the Father's love. Thank you, Lord God, that you even had compassion on the elder son who had a wrong spirit, who had a jealous spirit, who was so caught up with doing the Lord's work that he forgot about loving on you and spending time with you. Oh, my Lord. There's so many categories we all can fall in as we read the scripture. But I'm so glad, oh, Father, that you forgive you forgive us of all our sins. You forgive us of all our failures. You forgive us, oh God, for getting caught up with, with the things of life, getting caught up with the church affairs, and forget about you. It's all about you, Lord God, and communicating with you. And as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these other things will be added unto us. We thank you, Lord, for your words. Life to our spirit, medicine to our flesh. And I trust, oh God, this word has touched some hearts of those wayward ones, oh God, who need to come home. Come home to the, to the kingdom of God. Come home to the church. Come home to Abundant Living Ministries. Come home. The spirit and the broad is saying, come. And all of us who are here are saying, come home. Come home, as the old song says, it's supper time. Hallelujah. It's supper time, and it's here before we know it. Our God, Lord Jesus, you are preparing a supper for us. Our Father is preparing a supper for us. We want to be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. We want to be there, and we ask you to search our hearts. Forgive us, O oh God, for being like the elder brother. Maybe we've been like the younger brother, whoever, Lord God. Maybe we're in between. But, O oh God, forgive us. And help us to be ready for that supper, for that marriage supper of the Lamb. We give you praise and we give you glory for what has been accomplished through this word. We give you praise and we give you glory what will be accomplished through our prayer for praying for those that are, have needs. We thank you, Lord, for the praise reports and we give you glory and honor and praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Isn't the Lord wonderful? Oh, he's, just, he's not just good, he's wonderful to me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.